I solemnly swear I am up to no good. Hello, Nerd Nation, and welcome to another week of 30 and Nerdy Podcast. Hope you are doing well, staying healthy, being considerate of your fellow humans. If you're hearing this for the first time, welcome. Thank you for tuning in. If you are returning, welcome back. Uh, Thanks for coming back and week in and week out. Big thanks to... All those who are rating the episodes at podchaser.com, hope you will also take time to, uh, if you are listening to this on iTunes, take time to leave a rating and a review, please. And I uh, hope that you will um, email me when you have left your review, uh, 30andnerdypod at gmail.com. Uh, just to let me know you have. Uh, this week, I am talking about the year 1999, a.k.a. the dawn of the Silver Age. Which, I guess, if you do the math, would make the 90s the Golden Age. Uh, so much of the change in our nerd culture, you know, I think it came during this year. And if not during this year, if it didn't happen during this year, it was definitely started during 1999 you know it was at least set into motion during this final year of the greatest decade ever am i right i'm going to be talking about some movies pop culture y2k scare and so much more so sit back relax throw your mittens around your kittens and away we go it's time to get nerdy It's the 30 and Nerdy Podcast with your host, Tyler Mack. (laughs) Brought to you by Advertising Expressions, Encore Theatrical Company, Freddy Cat Productions, and Ashley Lodge Photography. 30 and Nerdy is an alternate reality radio show, a member of the Legion of Independent Podcasts, and a Badcast Company production. Join the Nerd World Order by following the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Join the conversation by using the hashtag 30andNerdyPod. Find the show in the Pod Nation at podchaser.com and rate this episode. Got something to say? Email the show at 30andNerdyPod at gmail.com. Cheers to you, nerds. Now get ready to nerd out with your host, the Sweet Tea of the Nerdy South, your Duke of Nerds, Tyler Mack. Greetings and salutations, nerds and nerdettes. Welcome to the 30 and Nerdy Podcast. I am your Duke of Nerds and leader of the nerd world order, Tyler Mack. Hope your day is good on whatever day you are hearing my voice. 
I know there's a lot of ignorance and injustice in the world out there, but I am going to strive to be an escape for you while we are together on the pod waves. I hope that I can help. I hope that if you are experiencing any injustice and hate and you come across this show, that you find happiness and a fun time, at least for the time that we are together. I may not understand what you're going through, but I do stand with you as an ally no matter where you are in life. So please, enjoy our nerdy time together. I want to... I want to uh, take a moment, um, as everyone knows, you know, a lot of sad things are happening in the world. Uh, One of the bigger ones to hit the news. Um, See, I'm on the fence about this. I am an actor and uh, starving artist. (laughs) Um, So... I, you know, tend to lean towards a lot of news in Hollywood, uh, and when I was following this past week, um, following the news about Naya Rivera, um, I couldn't help but just be so sad. I know that there are so thousands and thousands and thousands of more people dying in the world, but I was a huge Gleek, you know? I was a massive Glee fan from day one, um, and... Santana was my top three characters. Uh, my top three favorite characters were Artie, uh, because that's soul. And I loved when they would let him dance, like in little dream sequences. Uh, Santana was my number two favorite character, because even though she starts out as in this villainous role, um, pretty early on you, I, I caught on to there's more to her. And... A lot of people didn't, and I love her voice. Gosh, the talent in her voice. Um, and my third favorite character always kind of bounced back and forth. I always kind of had a a transitional three spot. Some some weeks, if you asked me, my third favorite character was Sam. And then I'd get a little tired of him and be a little, eh, not Sam anymore. Then my third favorite character would be Blaine. Um, it's just back and forth, but Naya Rivera's talent um, was just uh, amazing. Um, everybody talks about Leah Michelle on that show, but she was not who I latched onto as a character. Um, it's very sad to hear about what happened with Naya Rivera and uh, her child. Um, I am at least happy that they did find her so that maybe her family can have some peace and say their goodbyes. Um, Thoughts and prayers go out to the Rivera family. Her brother, Michael Rivera, was a Tennessee volunteer, football player for years, and a member of the Oakland Raiders squad, and I am a massive fan. Obviously, being from Tennessee, go Vols. Um, go big orange. I followed Rivera. I was a huge fan of the of Rivera as a player, and uh, followed him all the way through his days at with the Oakland Raiders. Uh, so thoughts and prayers go out to Naya, and continued thoughts and prayers out to the rest of the world during this pandemic, and a lot of the injustice uh, that is happening. 
Uh, so last time we were together, nerds, I discussed the amazing world that is voice acting. Some of the talented names behind the voices you've heard in our nerd culture. Uh, you can find that episode wherever you cast your pod. Now, before we get to the rest of the show, I would like to take some time and drop a pod promo of the week about our dear friends at Wonder Soul. Wonder Soul. Wonder Soul. Wonder Soul. Hey, I'm Lucas, the host of Wonder Soul, a weekly podcast series featuring a variety of topics dealing with life's many passions and experiences. Join me and friends each week as I discuss topics ranging from pop culture to real life conversations that all can find relatable. New episodes bring new guests and new topics and release every Friday. More content can be found on Wondersoul's YouTube and Twitch channels. Stay up to date and connect with Wondersoul through social media by following us on Twitter and Instagram. And we hope that you enjoy Wondersoul wherever you listen to podcasts. So do good and take care. I definitely highly, highly recommend Wondersoul uh, to be put into your weekly podcast uh, routine. Uh, Lucas is awesome. Uh, we were, we have been a part of many pod groups over uh, our time as a sh- our my time as a show. Thirty and nerdy. We have not been doing it as long as him, as him. But uh, I um I, I listen to him week in week out. He is a massive anime fan. Uh, I love his Dragon Ball Z posts. I love listening to. Uh, the passion that he talks about in his show, no matter what he's talking about or his guests. Uh, so I highly recommend you listen to Wonder Soul. So let's get into this week's uh, nerd word. Well, nerd phrase, kind of, basically. Uh, this one comes from the show Young Justice, and it is first coined by Impulse. Uh, Bart Allen, he is the... Uh, grandson of the flash barry allen uh he's from the future and uh he's hilarious he has all these phraseology like crash in the mode fill in the mode that's so crash stuff like that so fill in the mode means feeling bad bad things the mode is always bad um for instance if you were to like wake up on the wrong side of the bed you stubbed your toe uh, the coffee pot was broken, so you couldn't brew coffee. You were low on gas. You'd be feeling the mode pretty hard. Pretty rough day. You definitely don't want to feel the mode. You want to crash the mode. So that is your nerd phrase of the week. And I want to talk about something random, a little random on random here. Uh, did you know that a British scientist first invented the rollerball device in a mouse. He did it in 1946 while working for the Royal Navy, but the word mouse was not coined until 1965. Also fun fact, the speed of a computer mouse is measured in mickeys. Yep. Mouse clicks measured in mickeys. Guess he owns that too. Hmm. Why don't we hear a word from our sponsors. The arts are a vital part of the educational process, which is another key to economic development and improved quality of life. Arts education and opportunities help participants develop skills in critical thinking, goal setting, team building, problem solving, conflict resolution, and craftsmanship. 
At Encore Theatrical Company, they aren't just dreaming it, they're doing it. Through the global pandemic, many of the arts have suffered due to shutdown of theaters, museums, schools, and other artistic vehicles. However, here at Encore, the show must go on. Follow along as we evolve and entertain during what we call Encore Intermission. We are highlighting patrons, performers, community members, and much more. You may see voice lessons, mini-concerts, Zoom plays, and other artsy escapes for you during this trying time. Follow along daily with new posts from hashtag Encore Intermission. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Join us, where it's not just theater, it's Encore. Need a commercial? How about a professional video for your upcoming event or production? Let the coolest cats in town take care of you. The professionals of Freddy Cat Productions have the knowledge, ability, and experience to serve all your visual marketing needs. They offer feature films, documentaries, corporate videos, commercials, music videos, and weddings. You can reach Freddy Cat Productions at 423-231-2839 or at freddycatproductions.com. Good evening. Good evening, I'm Barry Nerdington, and this is your Nerdly News, where we report and you decide. Matt Reeves' The Batman is rumored to continue production in September, with all location filming scrapped. The last we heard from the project was Colin Farrell saying it would be August, but with the pandemic continuing and numbers growing at an alarming rate, Plans have been more fluid with change. Now, before you Bat fans begin to panic, this is the norm. Though we got used to location filming in Christopher Nolan's trilogy, in traditional Batman films, filming took place on a set and soundstage. So while it may disappoint some fans to no longer see spy photos in the media from London, it will not affect the movie too much. More news will undoubtedly come out in the coming weeks. So tune in to 30 and Nerdy Podcast for all your needed bat news. Lucasfilms and Disney Plus have announced a new Star Wars show called The Bad Batch. This new straight-to-stream series, dropping in 2021, will spin out of the final series of The Clone Wars and will follow an elite and experimental clones called The Bad Batch. In the wake of the Clone Wars, these new clones, each with their own unique exceptional skill, will depart on mercenary missions as they struggle to find a new place in the changing landscape of the galaxy, far, far away. The show is executive produced by Dave Filoni and will be see the assembly of a production team from Clone Wars, Rebels, and even The Mandalorian. Justice League star Ray Fisher has publicly retracted his praise for Joss Whedon ahead of the Snyder Cut's release. After saying Whedon was a great guy at a 2017 Comic-Con panel, Fisher has now retracted those comments. 
He went on to accuse the director of gross, abusive, unprofessional, and completely unacceptable behavior on the set of the 2017 film Justice League. Fisher also claimed that WB co-president of production, John Berg, and former DC Entertainment president and chief creative officer Jeff Johns both enabled Whedon's alleged behavior. Both men also served as producers on the film, and its poor performance was the cause for their exits of their posts. Fisher offered no cooperation for his claims, and attempts to reach his representatives for further comment has been unsuccessful. Wheaton has no comment, and his representatives remain silent. When asked about it, Berg told Variety that it was categorically untrue that we enabled any unprofessional behavior on the set. Beyonce is currently in talks for a $100 million deal to work on three different Disney movies, including Black Panther 2. The singer is set to appear on the soundtrack for Marvel's Black Panther 2, which is due for release next year. The other two titles are unknown at this time, but a Disney exec was quoted saying Beyonce has become a major player for Disney and is the perfect fit for the brand. James McAvoy is giving voice to all of our dreams. The acclaimed actor, who with roles in his Dark Materials, Wanted, and X-Men, is no stranger to comic book or fantasy fare. He is leading a breathtaking ensemble for performers, an audible, highly rated new audio production of Neil Gaiman's The Sandman. McAvoy voices Morpheus, the dark-eyed lord of dreams from whom the series gets its name. Joining him is Kat Dennings as Death, Michael Sheen as Lucifer, Taryn Egerton as John Constantine, Samantha Morton as Urania, Blackwell, Riz Ahmad as the Corinthian, Andy Serkis as Matthew the Raven, B.B. Neurith as the Siamese Cat, and Neil Gaiman himself as the narrator. Along with this release, Audible has also confirmed that they will be producing Gaiman's original three books, Preludes and Nocturnes, The Doll's House, and Dream Country. That means that along with the iconic story of Dream's capture and search for his missing tools, fans will likely get to hear the comic's legendary serial killer convention brought to life as the world fantasy award-winning Midsummer Night's Dream, the terrifying 24 hours, and many more. Audible's The Sandman is now out for download. This has been your nerdly news. I'm Barry Nerdington saying cheers to you. Back to you, Tyler. Thank you, Barry. All right. Picture it. Just... Just close your eyes and picture it. It's 1999. The 1,999th year of the Common Era and Anno Domini. It's the 999th year of the Second Millennium. The 99th year of the 20th century. And the 10th and final year of the greatest decade ever the 90s, the 1990s. Depending on the month, you could be 
Sitting at home with your fun dip drinking your surge and watching the brand new series Batman Beyond? Sitting in your living room crying in your Chicago Bulls jersey as you watch Michael Jordan announce his retirement? You could be giving your brother a stone cold stunner as you watch the debut episode of The Rock Show Smackdown! Or it could be December 31st, 1999. You're in your basement. Huddled up together with your family. Eight, twelve pack of water. A room full of non-perishable foods. And your parents telling you to duck down in the corner. Mm. Well, that's a vastly different array of things for one year, wouldn't you say? I even failed to mention the fact that a whole new generation of Star Wars fans was born. A new style of game show started. Jansport was the king of backpacks for all the cool kids, and Tyler was actually now on the top 10 baby names for a boy. A mere 10 years after an already legendary Tyler had been born, of course. So here, here's what we're going to do, nerds. I'm going to discuss some of the big things that were going on in the final year before the Y2K hit. So how about you sit back, relax... Nerds, throw on your trench coats. Nerdettes, grab your bucket hats. We're going to party like it's 1999. All right, so obviously we got a lot to cover nerd nation i am going to talk about some entertainment celebrities nudes trends thor almighty this may have to become a two-parter ladies and gentlemen so why don't we go ahead and get into it entertainment mm. now i know without a doubt that 1999 paved the way for our modern nerd culture without the films of that year and the path they set us on there would be no avengers endgame there is no justice league there is no paranormal activity films the films of 1999 are to thank for what we are streaming over and over again on our devices or popping in the dvd player when we need our fix for the 88th time so I'm going to talk about some of the biggest blockbusters to come out of the year 1999. Now, this we have talked about one in particular in, in, in great detail, great length. I even had an entire month dedicated to it, and that was The Matrix. 1999, the debut of the very first Matrix film. We all know that this changed the game, nerds. We know that it changed the game. It not only changed the game for how films were made, it changed the game for how we thought. It made us question what was real. It made us question a lot of what we are told. And that is the impact that one movie made, The Matrix. Now, I'm going to talk about a few more. We've got The Blair Witch Project. That began us on the found footage movement. I have to admit, I was one of those suckers that was tricked. I truly thought that they had produced found footage from these three poor souls who nobody would help. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, 
They made a movie out of this? They just found someone's video camera and they feel like it's okay to make a movie out of this? I was terrified that this was real. I mean, we were sold these bill of goods that it was real. And they kept that charade up for up until the MTV Awards when they actually walked out. Now, found footage is everywhere. Whether it's a sci-fi film, a horror film like the Paranormal Activity franchise, um, television series, found footage type camera work and production is everywhere now. And that's got, we have to thank the Blair Witch Project for that. It, it changed everything. Oh, and of course, you know, Star Wars made its triumphant return. The Phantom Menace came out in 1999. Now, at the time, we were all excited. The, the, the duel between Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan and Darth Maul, that was a showstopper. We did not know while watching on the big screen just how bad it really was. Now, I'm going to even go as far as to say, though, that I would watch The Phantom Menace many times over before I watch The Last Jedi. And that's just all I'm going to say about that. Listen to some of these other movies. We got The Iron Giant, quite possibly one of the greatest animated stories ever told. We get Galaxy Quest, which is a far better Star Trek, quote-unquote, movie than the modern Star Trek movies today. We've got Mystery Men, a very, very underrated comic book movie. Fight Club, Ten Things I Hate About You, which is Shakespeare, by the way, told in a modern era. And Sleepy Hollow, Johnny Depp's Sleepy Hollow with Christina Ricci, and a star-studded cast that you have seen in movies like Harry Potter. I mean, good lord, the movies that came out of 1999, I could do an entire season on 1999 film. The list could go on and on, but there's no doubt that some of those titles paved the way for some of us nerds and what we love today. A fun fact, the top five grossing films of 1999 are as follows. Now I'm going to do this in descending order. Number five to number one, okay? At number five, we've got Tarzan. Number four, The Matrix. Number three, Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me. Number two, Toy Story 2. And finally, at number one, The Sixth Sense. By far, probably one of the scarier movies to come out of the 90s decade. And a very famous quote, I see dead people. Now, for the most part, some of these were the beginning of a movement in film. Some, some of that movement was to either change the way we think, second-guess what is real, or maybe even second-guess who we are. But enough of the big screen. Let's talk about some television. The 90s had it when it came to television. But I want to talk about 1999. 1999, we saw WWE SmackDown debut. The Blue Brand. We saw shows like Roswell that made us question, is there life out there? Are there little green men? Is there a secret base? Housing? Crashed UFOs? We had Futurama start, Batman Beyond, Ed, Ed, and Eddie, Rocket Power. I mean, those cartoons, that type of 
style, that time of type of artistry, um, that kind of animated feel that they gave you, especially like Ed, Ed, and Eddie, like that paved the way for a lot of what today's cartoons are. Then you've got Avenger, United They Stand. It only had one season, so congratulations to Marvel on technically owning a 99 exclusive <laughs> one season of something. But we did have the Avengers animated series. One season of it, but it was there. I mean, I'm telling you, even TV, if you go back, the show that paved the way for the direction that animated shows would go 20 years in the future? I mean, look at where we are now. January 31st, 1999. The first episode of Family Guy debuted. Yes, you can say The Simpsons truly paved the way for the mature animated TV audience, but without Family Guy, we don't have American Dad, Brickleberry, or over half the crappy animated shows on Adult Swim and Comedy Central that we have today. So here's to you, Seth MacFarlane. Thank you. Now let's get off the screen and into the airwaves. Let's talk music. This year was an epicenter of audio entertainment. We had NSYNC, The Backstreet Boys, Christina Aguilera, Britney Spears, Destiny's Child, Eminem, Brian McKnight, Jennifer Lopez, Blink-182, Limp Biscuit, Jamiroquai. Okay, the last two we don't have to include in that awesome, illustrious list. Let's just take Limp Biscuit and Jamiroquai out of the equation. But let's talk about some of these artists. Artists. These audio artists. Without Eminem, 98% of your crappy SoundCloud mumbling rappers, or I like to call them crappers today, wouldn't exist or even try. Eminem was the GOAT then. He is the GOAT today. He is the prime example of started in the 90s, still here. Still throwing it down. Still laying waste to any young punk who thinks he's a rapper and steps up to him. He has a streak in a graveyard. Equivalent to the Undertaker's mania streak. Of people who have tried to take down Eminem. Eminem paved the way in 99 for rappers that you have today. Without Destiny's Child, we would have no Queen Bee. Beyonce may have stuck out as the frontrunner of the group. We all knew she'd go further. But without her years in the group, we don't have the smash hits that we sing of hers with the top down in the car or in the shower when nobody's home. Without NSYNC, there is no Justin Timberlake. I'll say it. They were the first live concert I ever saw. Fun fact. NSYNC. Fifth grade. Justin Timberlake hovered about 10 to 12 feet over my head during the song Neverland. And from that day, I knew he was the star of the group. I knew it then. But NSYNC paved the way for Justin Timberlake. NSYNC and Backstreet Boys paved the way for One Direction. 
any of the other boy bands that are still boy bands today. They paved the way for people like the Jonas Brothers. Without them, your stars of today don't exist. Now, I know you could argue and say, well, uh, New Kids on the Block paved the way for NSYNC and Baxter Boys. That's true. It is. I will cede that to you. The last one I really want to talk about, I really want to get into detail with, is the fact that Fallout Boy, All Time Low, or any of those warped tour high gloss punk bands would not be anywhere without Blink 182. Yeah, Green Day was and will always be my go to punk band to listen to and bigger, but in 1999, Blink 182 was punk king for a while. There wasn't a 90s teen or college humor movie that didn't have all the small things or What's My Age Again in its album. They reigned supreme in the punk world, created an entire genre called pop punk, and changed the generation of punk music to where now today we have bands like Fall Out Boy. 99 paved the way. So basically what all that all these names have in common is that they were on top in 99. Some rode that wave and are still there, whether it be an actor, a musician, some not so much, like Jamiroquai or Limp Biscuit. But the last lasting impact that these artists had on today's music is huge. I mean, I think... I don't think you have pop, pop anything, without 90s and 99 in general. I mean, 99 as a year for albums and singles in the pop genre was, holy crap, you need to check this out. It was insane. And with all them, you know you've got your celebrities. I mean, 1999 brought us many celebrity names that are still going strong today. Some were on the screen, some sitcoms, and some were voicing our favorite cartoon characters, and we had no clue. Little shameless plug for last week's episode. So why don't we talk about these names that were blowing up in 1999. Now, obviously not all of them, because like I've said a thousand times, if I were to go into too much detail about some, some things, I could do entire seasons on just that little intricate thing. But... There wasn't a teen and college comedy buff alive that did not know Jason Biggs. American Pie in 1999 launched this kid into the stratosphere for a small time. He is still around. He was in uh, Orange is the New Black. Um, He was in Jay and Silent Bob Reboot, which plays on the fact that he was in Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back. Um, But nothing will ever equal his rise that happened in American Pie. I mean, any 30-plus-year-old, you know, who watched American Pie, I mean, Jason, I mean, there is still, like, Saving Silverman. I think that's a very hilarious movie. Me and the Rev himself, me and old Logan Roach, we quote it all the time. Uh, I think it's funny. It's not American Pie funny. It's a different kind. Coming in, yeah! I'm telling you. Jason Biggs was huge in 1999. There's this other beautiful name. Jennifer Love Hewitt. Ah, yes. 
One of my biggest 90s crushes. Most of my fellow 30-year-old-plus friends will remember her from her run in the I Know What You Did Last Summer franchise. However, today's television would probably know her from the Fox hit 911. I haven't watched it, but I know she's in it. She was also the Ghost Whisperer. That was a pretty cool show. But everybody loved Jennifer Love Unit in 99. She's obviously, you know, still around on 911, but she's definitely not the household name that she used to be. She's one of those names that, you know, the wave has kind of crest on her on her career a little bit. And that's sad because I was in love with Jennifer Love Hewitt. Ooh. This next guy, even though this guy was big before 1999, his hit film Big Daddy put him on track to a different kind of fame. Now everyone knows Adam Sandler. He went from being the uh, to being a completely different type of actor. Now we know he has a bit of diversity to him. Um, after that, you started to get, like, the grown-up movies. Now, he did have some flops, like Jack and Jill and You Don't Mess With Zohan. Um, but then, you know, he did grown-ups, and those were great. Uh, recently, um, Uncut Gems. Pretty phenomenal performance. Um, would not recommend for the children. But 99 paved the way for Adam Sandler. And trust me, here, there are so many names that I could say. I could talk about Keanu. I could talk about Halle Berry, Jennifer Aniston, Courtney Cox, T.N. Tamara. But goodness, it would take all season. So I implore you to look up the top stars of 1999. It's fun to see who's still on top and those who left the world of fame for real life. Now with all of this celebrity, with all the media... Come the trends. And 1999 had no short list of trends. Whether it was a Trapper Keeper, the cheesy teen movies, weird pet toys, crazy matching outfits on the red carpet, a la Marilyn Manson and Rose McGowan at the MTV VMAs. Yeah. I mean, Rihanna dressing like the Pope is pretty cool and all, but you should peep out that picture. So let's talk about some of the biggest trends of 1999. Who knows? Maybe some of them are still going on. We don't even know it. Ridiculously baggy trousers. Yeah. That one's still going on. Cheesy teen movies. Yep. Pokemon cards. Yeah. Cartoons. Batman. A president doing something that he shouldn't do. In 1999, business casual was preferred... Over the traditional suit, tattoos and piercing were practically required. Showing your thong over your low-rise jeans was a thing. Crop tops and capris was the uniform of every female character in any teen movie or popular school princess you were crushing on. Old Navy became the must-shop location for sweats, hoodies, tees, Hawaiian shirts were the norm, and people loved pastel colors. Now, some 60s and 70s fashion returned, like... Stick straight hairstyles for women. Your girlfriend was either trying to be Katie Holmes from Dawson's Creek or Britney Spears and hit me baby one more time. And the boys were trying to either be Billy Joe Armstrong or Justin Timberlake. So one would almost ask, did these trends ever really leave? Hmm. 
know, I've talked about the fun stuff. And that's great and all, but, you know, eventually we have to talk about the serious stuff. Time to get serious. Time to talk about the biggest news that came out of 1999. No, I'm not talking about ham. But for some, 1999 was the end. Some of us didn't make it to the new year. We lost a lot of good people on December 31st, 1999. That's right. Time to discuss the Y2K. I mean, come on. You can jest all you want. Those of you who made fun of us during Y2K, let's discuss 2012, shall we? It's an easy mistake to make, I guess. I mean, whoever knew that impending doom was going to be so popular? No other issue in the history of the world has brought hermits, religious zealots, survivalists, thrill-seekers, techno-wizards, and clueless politicians together quite like the Y2K. Okay, maybe until now. Until now, nothing had ever done that. Wow, we really are repeating things, aren't we? I guess the only difference is... is COVID's actually killing people, and Y2K didn't. Hmm. You know, everyone has opinions, but no one has answers, do they? Maybe if we all just listened to the wise words of the late great prince that read, If you didn't come to party, don't bother knocking on my door. I got a lion in my pocket, and baby, he's ready to roar. Yet everybody's got a bomb. We could all die one day. But before I let that happen, I'll dance my life away. And again, maybe we shouldn't listen to him. So basically, I'm going to tell you what. Y2K, or the Y2K, or Millennium Bug, was just this. Y2K was shorthand for year 2000. Used to to refer to widespread programming shortcut that was expected to cause extensive havoc as the year changed from 1999 to the year 2000. Now, this is because instead of four digits for the year, many computer programs only allowed two digits. For example, 1999 was simply 99. As a result, there was an immense panic that computers would be unable to operate with a date switch from 99 to 00. The change was believed to bring down computer system infrastructures such as those of banking and power plants. Well, there was panic. You know, real wrath of God type stuff. Human sacrifices, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. But not much actually happened. I mean, there were some glitches here and there, but we survived. So, after a few days of realizing that that hysteria was ridiculous, we went amongst our ways. Some of us still have a couple of 12-packs of water bottles that their mom bought in case of Y2K, some of us still have that, not naming names, but some of us do. So listen, all I'm saying is 
1999 paved the way for what we have today, whether it's in our nerd culture or not. 1999 evolved us as nerds. We we learned a lot. We changed. We used the big things in 99. And in the years after, they, we perfected the craft. We moved from Nintendo to Sony and Microsoft after this. We went from Mario to Snake and Crash Bandicoot and on to Master Chief. We went from cartridges to discs. In 1999, we began to shift into a more modern nerd. We shifted in style. Hobbies, games, movies, television, and so much more. I call the 90s the golden age. Maybe I'm a little biased, but... You know... I Honestly, you can't argue that the finale of the 90s, 1999, the year 1999 A.D., was where the scales and the odds tipped ever so slightly into our favor. From us here at Advertising Expressions, We want you to know that we hope that you and yours have been well amid this pandemic. We have been blessed to have survived ourselves and realize that here in Morristown, it can be hard to keep things rolling in times like these. Therefore, whether you are a business that has closed and are looking to reopen, a business that has crawled through the time fighting for the next breath, or maybe you are a business that has done better in this time, we want to help you. See, our business is to promote yours, and we strive to do that by getting your name in front of as many people as possible, as often as possible, for as long as possible. In response to the COVID-19 pandemic, we are giving you 19% off new quotes that result in orders of $190 or more. Use the promo code NERDRONA19, that's N-E-R-D-R-O-N-A and the number 19. You can find us at 2103 Morningside Drive in Morristown, Tennessee, or contact us at 423-586-3270. Well, guys, gals, chums and pals, I uh, am very thankful that you all tuned in. I had a blast. Thank you for sitting through this. Uh, it was a gas. Um, next week, we will be uh, beginning our path of nerding in the new millennium. Or as I call it, N2K. Mm-hmm. In part one of N2K, I will discuss the year 2000 as a whole and how things changed. Coming off uh, 99 Then in part two, I will talk about the decade as a whole. I'll talk about games, movies, and so much more. Um, If you have questions about this episode, thoughts on this episode, questions for the next episode, talking about 2000, um, please send them in. 30andnerdypod at gmail.com I want to take the time to thank our Patreon supporters. Uh, If you are a Patreon supporter, you get behind-the-scene footage, special gifts, sneak peeks on what's to come before the 
general audience knows, and special episodes, which there will be special episodes starting up soon. I am keeping that a secret as of right now, but I will let our Patreon supporters know as soon as possible. Now, right now during the COVID pandemic, actually through the end of the year, I am running a deal for $1 a month. That's right, $1 a month for quarters. You get to become a Patreon supporter. Now, normally I have tiers. I do have uh, a one, a three, a five, and a ten dollar tier. Now I have some ten dollar supporters. I have some five dollar supporters. I have some one dollar supporters taking advantage of that COVID deal. If you come in at the one dollar tier as a first time supporter during this pandemic, if you take on the one dollar tier, you are still going to get the exact same thing that everyone else is getting. As a special thanks that during the pandemic, at least giving a dollar. If a dollar is all you can do, that's fine. You're still going to get the same things that the other patrons are getting. And that's just through the end of 2020. I hope that you'll find us on podchaser.com along with our friends at the Pod Nation. It's simple. Go to the site. Search for the list Pod Nation. Give some of our friends a listen. Heck, pick a show a day out of that list. If you like what you hear, hit a scr- hit the subscribe button on them. Give them the rating they deserve. That'd be five stars. Tell them 30 and nerdy sent you. Um, I guess that's it, nerds and nerdettes. This is this is this is the end. That's it for this week's 30 and nerdy. If you want to give me a shout on your thoughts about anything this episode, or if you want to ask some questions about next week's episode, if you want to shoot some ideas on things you want me to talk about in the nerd nation, in the nerdiverse, in the nerd world order, in our nerd culture, please send them over to me. Go to 30andnerdypodcast.com. That's 30andnerdypodcast.com. And check out all the new things that uh, just got put on the site. Some new little things going on. Some fun facts about the Dear Duke that may come into play at a later date. You never know. Thank you again. I've been your Duke of Nerds. Y'all have been beautiful. Stay sanitized. DJ Mike Howie, take us out. You've been listening to the 30 and Nerdy Podcast with your Duke of Nerds, Tyler Mack. Brought to you by Ashley Lodge Photography. Freddy Cat Productions, Encore Theatrical Company, and Advertising Expressions. 30 and Nerdy is an alternate reality radio show, a member of the Legion of Independent Podcasts, and a Badcast Company production. Join the Nerd World Order by following the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and follow along with the conversation using the hashtag 30andNerdyPod. Find us in the Pod Nation at podchaser.com and rate this episode. Got something to say? Email us at 30andnerdypod at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, cheers to you, nerds. That's all, folks.